This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, and even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 863. Brought to you by Cedar Draw Cider and iFanboy listeners just like you. Skip the introduction, pulsate the lip function. The junction get rushed by some grimy people busting weed. Splatter your belly like some attic of felons. Use a fire on good blood skull for heart swelling. Insert the spasm. Yes, the dirty hurt has them. Thoroughbred thugs insert the phantasm. Ripple smarts spark the word. Vision my scripture. Exotic wine holding nine. Picasso pictures. When the rhyme pivot you now. Limit your chance. Bodyguard the living with unlimited stance. Words seem to zing on down the Beijing. When we take.
Hello, my name is Connor Kilpatrick, and this is my co-host Josh Flanagan. Hey there. And welcome to iFanboy Pick of the Week, episode 863. Yay! Woo. We are iFanboy, and every week we read our comics, and one of us picks our favorite, we call it the Pick of the Week. We'll talk about that book, other books from the week, the patron pick, listener mail, when and if we have time, and here is your spoiler warning. Exercise caution. Josh, you had the pick, and it was a very strange, not strange, but it was a weird week. I guess weird and strange are the same word, but... Um, yeah, they're, they're synonyms. Yeah, I mean, um, it was an uncanny week. <laughs> if you asked me, like, comic book reader for a thousand years, Josh, what's the definition of uncanny? I would pause. <laughs> <laughs> like it means X-Men. He said <laughs> I think it's a group of mutants. Yeah. They're feared <laughs> they <laughs> they protect the people who fear them the most. <laughs> That's uncanny, right? That's what it means to protect those that fear you. <laughs> Isn't it? It's like it's like unusual and weird but yeah, but there's okay. another there's another flavor to it. Yeah. Like if you saw something That's a muty flavor. Like if you see something that that like res- by the way this that, there's no uncanny we're, this has nothing to do with what we're talking about. <laughs> not a, like I'm not about to be like the pick of the week is the X Men it isn't it's not even that not even Marvel <laughs> but like if you if you see like something that looks a lot like something else then you go that's uncanny right yeah what is canny uh canny is a word yeah isn't it like smart oh you work on that while I start talking the pick yeah. of the week is. This is a mouthful. DC Horror presents colon Sergeant Rock versus the Army of Death number five. And to say I was surprised when I got the email from you would be an understatement. Canny means having or showing shrewdness and good judgment. <laughs> Wait a minute. That means, That's um. It just means the X Men are really bad, really make really bad yeah, decisions. But that also, doesn't have anything to do with when two things look alike, and you say the resemblance is uncanny. That doesn't make any sense. Well, now. it's interesting because uncanny is just is not just the opposite. Uncanny means strange okay. or mysterious. So. Okay. They're unrelated. Mysterious. I think that's the thing that yeah. that weird doesn't have. It's a little. It's off. It's, it's not natural. strange. It ain't it's in right. the shadows. We're going back to this. So this is a mini series. I believe there's one more issue. Yes, six, is a, um, six issues. Uh, it is written by Bruce Campbell. He of the chin mm-hmm. of, of the Sam Raimi movies. Uh, Ash himself, uh, which normally is a thing like, look at this guy. He's doing the comics and that's all there is to it. Right. But it's very understated. It just happens to be like, yeah, they have Bruce Campbell's writing this. There's nothing else that has to do with anything. Yeah. Art is by the incomparable Eduardo Riso. Exactly. Um, and basically, it's a story of Sergeant Rock's little unit. It could just as easily be Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos. Yes. No appreciable difference here whatsoever. <laughs> it's easy company. Uh, the, in, in this version, uh, near the end of the war, so as we get into late 44 and 1945, uh, the, the Third Reich have, have uh, started uh, reanimating their soldiers. Uh, in fact, Dr. Morell, uh, Hitler's personal doctor, has a lot to do with that. And, uh, and, you know, they're going in, the, the, the uh, Sergeant Rock's people are going in and they, they meet a bunch of Nazis and basically they're like, we got to kill these zombie Nazis. <laughs> That's what the book is. Yeah. And <laughs> it doesn't plan to be anymore. It, right. is, it is the most straight up, um, we say good old superhero. This isn't superhero, but it's just like good old war comics. Well, it's in the DC horror line, which is right. one of the new imprints, so... It's a war comic, but it's also a horror book because there are Nazi zombies. But basically, it's a war comic. This, but I mean, I right. I think, but it's talk- not even a. 
it's not even a war comic. It's just like a bunch of action scenes and sure. salty talk. It's all it is. Well, that's basically war movies. It yes. It I think we talked about the first issue. Yes. I don't know. If, I don't know if it was a patron pick or I remember we definitely have, talked about it. Have you been reading it? Well, yes and no. I think I read the okay. first two, and then when the third one came out, I was just. I think I recall being like, eh, "I'm all right." Like sure. I like I couldn't even remember what had happened. But so I'd fallen off of it, but you paid us to pick, so I read this issue, and it's because and you can you can pick this issue up and read it on its own. You don't have oh, to yeah. know what's coming. Any this. of them, like I don't I don't remember what it had come before this at all. And this is this works as a as like a one shot. Um, I mean, this is this is the, basically the story here is it's they're going after Hitler's bunker. Period. Do you think Bruce Campbell also read Blitzed? I think he might have. Because I think he might have the read the story. Panel here is Doctor Morell, who's not even named. Yeah. Uh, shooting. I think they named him earlier. Uh, probably in the probably in the miniseries. Shooting up Hitler, so he has more energy and more pep. Right. But what he's actually doing is turning Hitler into a zombie. Right. And so, you know, I I have enjoyed every issue of this. Really, just because it is no frills, it's it's gorgeous. They were just like Eduardo Riso, draw this. Oh my and god, it, it's beautiful. It's a joy uh, to to watch that. Uh, also, because I'm just impressed that like Bruce Campbell did everything he was supposed to and nothing he wasn't and he gave you exactly what this was it's uh it's a perfectly cooked burger as it were um, well that's that's the most impressive thing is yes you know you you would think that bruce campbell had been writing comics for 10 years it was oh yeah you know as you said it's very understated he doesn't try to do too much the dialogue is good which is not surprising because he's a funny funny guy people who people who can talk and are funny usually can write and it it and he co-wrote like story army moves. of darkness like he's not like yeah. he's 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 written so it's not like you know those one-liners that everybody knows i was gonna say you all know but i was like you all might be young for that but <laughs> you know all those sam raimi ash movies you know he had a big hand in those scripts and it shows here but just the the um the holding him holding back like the the economy of the whole thing is what is yes. what really impressed me um he's trusting like, Eduardo Riso yes in a way that most people who are i don't want to say new to comics maybe he's read other comics but most people who aren't seasoned comic writers don't often right. do is trust their artists to tell the story and yeah you know it's very it's it's i'm looking at these pages there's a lot of big panels that allow Riso to take the heavy load here yeah, and uh, really impressive. All, I was really, I was really impressed with the issue when I finished yeah. reading it. Oh yeah, and all the words are great. I mean, I, I don't, you know, like I know that's not really a pull quote, but like what's there <laughs> is great. You know, it doesn't need to be anymore. It's all the words not are trying, great. Joshua Flanagan, it's, it's not trying to impress me. And I'll tell you exactly. This isn't the spot where I got pick of the week, but this is why I got pick of the week. Um, a because I looked over everything else and I was just like. Eh. And then, uh, like, nothing really stuck out to me as being a pick of the week. And then I got to this, and I was like, "This had that great scene where they open the door, and Hitler <laughs> gives his zombie grin, and you see yeah. his and Ava Braun's eyes glowing, and then she attacks them from behind, and then <laughs> comes after them again." And I was like, "This is fucking nuts!" And they stabbed like, him in the really, face. I was like, "Is that zombie Ava Braun?" Like, it was it zombie was, uh... Ava Braun. It was so good. It was just fun. Like. Everything you need, nothing you don't. Yeah, and Sergeant Rock's, as you said, is basically he's basically he's always basically been uh, Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos and Sergeant Rock and Easy Company. But he's a fun character. He's you know he's the he's your no nonsense sergeant on the ground. And uh, I love the little bit where they 
gave him the lighter in the uh, in the plane and said fuck nazis and then i went back to the cover i was like oh okay this is this is i thought maybe it'd be black label but it's dc mm-hmm. bar so i guess the same rules apply yeah um, i literally at that moment googled fuck nazi zippo and if it existed <laughs> i would have bought it <laughs> i'm not exaggerating i sure. stopped reading it and i was like is that a real thing i can get because i was i was on it and and at the, in the about right after i sort of hit saw i go you have no need for a zippo and i was like i don't care but i didn't find it it so. uh it's a it's a gorgeous book edward ariso um is he's one of the best he's been one of the best artists in comics and when did 100 bullets start were we in were we out of college were we in college yes we were out of college it was the early 2000s um, so it's still been 25 years or so. So he's he's still 20, got it. But yeah. I mean, but I don't know what his career was like in Spain prior sure. to that. Or Argentina, I think. I can't uh, remember. You're the expert. I think he's from Argentina, but I'm not sure. Um, But you know what? Like, it's funny. If you go back and you look at the early 100 Bullets, you know, like his his style is his style. And I, I don't mean that in a bad way at all. But just like this is this artist presents himself in full, you know, with all this beautiful ink on the page. And when he doesn't fill in a background, it's stronger for it. Yes. Like his use of negative space is amazing. Um, his faces and expressions, and and you know, like when something blows up, you know, he just he just does beautiful comic book pages, and he doesn't have a mainstream style so much. So you're, you're not going to see him on Avengers or something like that. But every time he shows up, it's just a little gift from the comic gods. Well, you saw him on Flashpoint Beyond, which was the yeah. Jeff Johns miniseries, and. And a good portion of the reason why I enjoyed it was because it was gorgeous. So it was yeah. awesome. But the, yeah, but that's still unusual. Like he yeah. never really, whether he wanted to or they didn't, you know, he's just not, you know, uh, uh, Jesus Saez. He's not that. Um, and we're, we're better off for it. Oh, man, there's some great pages in here. There's a page, uh, if you go to page 12 digitally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's four panels and the top is just sort of this um silhouette of a church as something blows up behind it and then the bottom panel is like a cutaway of the bunker after the ground has been blown up around it i just i loved i loved all of this i love being like i thought they they set us in the place zombies whatever they could have just been regular but it almost made it silly it yeah. it made like you could hear like <laughs> and the zombies aren't completely dumb no they're they, they're still like the shrine <laughs> like it's great. It's fun. It's what it's what I want comics to be. Uh, it's old man comics. I, I enjoyed think. it. Yep, I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, and I yeah, joined it the most of anything. Those few pages we <laughs> they fight Ava Braun and she comes back at him again. Right, if, let's if, do this. If, if, if you sound if this sounds interesting, and you haven't read it. You can just read this issue. It yes, does. It, it gives you all of the information you need. I'm, I may read six. I may not. It all depends on when it comes out. But mm-hmm. it don't. I don't. If I don't read any more, it's fine because it was a terrific issue. Yeah, that's true. Marvel took the week off, I think. Yeah, they did. But they had a couple of books come out. We haven't really talked much about The Amazing Spider-Man while this dark web thing's been going on. We talked about it maybe once or twice, but... uh, Well, what's interesting is that I keep not wanting to read it, and I keep reading it. And I don't know what that's about. I'm only reading Amazing. I know there's another half of the story that's happening somewhere else, but oh, I got to tell more you, than that. I think there's several. Yeah, there's a checklist at the back. There's like there's a lot. I don't feel like I, I don't feel like I'm missing any of no, it. No, no. Um, this one was notable. I I don't like it, but I do like that it's fucking batshit. Like they were like, you know what, Ben Riley, let's just 
let's just let's just take him out a whole new door. <laughs> he's, he's he's now chasm and he's a full on bad guy, ruler king, of hell. He's King Chasm. Right. He says all hail King Chasm. <laughs> and he became the king of well, limbo, not hell. Oh right. Because well, he yeah. because he kicked Madeline Pryor and took her weapon. <laughs> I was like, that was awfully easy. Well, there's some places where you hold the sword and you get to be the king. Although I don't think, yeah. if you have to tell people to hail yourself, I think you're illegitimate. I think other people have to say all hail king chasm. Well, hell rules are different. Yeah. Um, th- what was also notable is this, is this has been Zeb Wells the whole time, who, you know, I don't love this story by any means, but he's an entertaining and, you know, quality comic book writer. There's some really great Jonah Jameson stuff in here. Mm-hmm. Um. And then finally, Ed McGinnis on art. Yeah, and, and doesn't look a whole hell of a lot like Ed, McGin- Ed McGinnis. Yeah, I had to go back and look. I was like, who is this? You can see it, wasn't it every the now artist. and then, but it, it, I don't know what he's doing differently, but it's slightly different than what it normally looks like. Um, it's more fluid. It's, You've it's got softer. Cliff Rathburn inking. Yeah, that could be it. Um, the Cliff bits around. with the um, rec wrap. So starting What was on- that joke? Parker backwards. He's just a oh. it's a demon and he's supposed to be fighting the demons, but it happens that this demon is a super fan of Peter Parker. And right. so he's helping him instead of fighting him. It is Parker backwards. Yeah. Okay. Parker. Now I get it. Uh it's always fighting... fun to see the X-Men interact with people who aren't X-Men. So you know, that's fun that they're involved in this. And I'm I'm not reading anything else but this, and yeah. it's fine. I I'm it's not my favorite, but I haven't hated it. I've tolerated. Kind of, yeah. Like it's it's uh, it's batshit. <laughs> it is batshit. It's it's competently prepared batshit stuff, and I'm I'm that's what's keeping me through. You know, through the whole thing. I love Jonah in this book, by the way. He's been very <laughs> funny. That he convinces the demons that he's also a demon because he's so much J. Jonah Jameson, mm-hmm. which which was good. It, and then so like the melodramatic stuff that happens between. Chasm, I didn't even like saying it, and his King Chasm, please. What's her name? Madden All Hallows Eve. Oh, his girlfriend, his wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a like from twelve issues ago. <laughs> it's like it's a one eighty doesn't seem to cover it, even though it's exactly what I mean. Like it's just they spun around four times, and now we're just on a different dimension. I mean, I'm reading, I'm reading the Mary Jane Black Cat book. So that's a tie-in book. I'm reading Gold Goblin, which decided to tie in in issue two. So I'm reading that, but. It also goes into Venom, and it goes into Dark Web X-Men, and Dark Web Miss Marvel, and Dark Web Venom. Like, there's a lot of books. In fact, You don't need to do that, though. In fact, after this issue, the final two parts of the story take place not in Spider-Man, but in Venom 16 and Dark Web Finale, neither of which I'm going to read. Cool. So I'm I guess the story's the over. I hope. For Let's me. get back to things. For me, anyway. Yeah. Well, it won't be, though. You kept yeah. thinking with, with the... She said, was this Nick Spencer? Yeah, with a Nick Spencer run, you kept thinking, all right, this is the end of that centipede thing. Sure. Nope. It just kept going forever. I mean, look, there's been worse. There's been worse. Yes. It's it's, it's not. I, I didn't hate it's it. It's not unreadable. No. So Action Comics 1051 was the first issue of Dawn of DC, which is sort of their soft. It's not a reboot, but it's sort of a soft resetting for some of the characters. And so... Uh, here we have the Superman family, and apparently now there are 55 characters in this book. 45 pages. I don't know. Well, I know that there's going to be extra stuff. Are they going to be this big going 
forward? I think so. And, and it's not unusual in the history of action comics. Action comics for most, probably, I don't know if it's most, but a good portion of its history has been an oversized book featuring several characters and stories. So that's not unusual, even, you know, certainly in the, you know, gold and silver age. And then not even sure. And then in the 2000s, they did it for a while. Like, well, there's a, there's a reason it's called action comics. It right, was, action it comics has been always been a place that they can tell several kinds of stories or several different stories, several characters. So that's not totally out of the realm. Um, so here we have Superman returned from war world. Was that what the one, the yeah. name of the planet? Yeah. Yeah. And his family's all together. And so, we have basically Clark Kent, Jonathan Kent, Supergirl, Connor Kent, uh, Steele's niece. Uh, the, I was going to say Naomi, but it, it's not it. Uh, uh, the Chinese Superman. I'm just Kong. Cover. And then apparently the two kids he brought back from World who now are also part of the Superman family and get co- and get costumes. So yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's eight. Members of the Superman family uh, running around in this book. And what that means is someone's getting the short shrift. And it's most of them. Uh, There's not the pages. Yeah. And I'm hoping that they, they back out of this a little. It's too much. It's, it's, it felt chaotic. Yeah. yeah. It felt chaotic. Um, I, yeah. I, that said, like, I think Philip Kennedy Johnson is a really strong writer. He's been really good on this. Yes. Um, this this book has a long history of having a pretty good front story and an unreadable backstory. And <laughs> that continues. Well, Second story was good. Um, well, hold on. So before we move on to the other stories, so this is the Rafa Sandoval drawn uh, main story. You know, it was fine. You know, they tied in some of you know, the anti-alien sentiment. I liked the first scene where Superman so quickly d- disarms everyone. He's just a blur and like the ba- the bus comes up or yeah. the van comes apart. And that was cool. Yeah, it, w- it was really good. That pose on page eight where he's holding the bad guys at the title page. Mm-hmm. I think that's exactly the pose from Kingdom Come when he appears for the first time oh. in costume. I think it's exactly that the bad guy pose. has a good old fashioned mustache. And I thought that he was from. I thought that the mustache guy was from the flashback to like the early days because they were uh, kind of making it sound like before Superman got here, it was the 70s. And I was like, whatever. And then he walks up <laughs> with that guy who looks like a criminal from the 70s. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's a bold choice, criminal. You look like a criminal. Yeah. And then I, you know, this Metallo story's been fun. Like they're really leaning into evil Lex. Um, Which is good. Yeah, it's fine. There's a. What did you think about the Superman Lois sex joke? Yeah, that's what I was about to say because I just got to it. So, like, it's a bondage. Like they're well, into it's some shit. Play. It's a role play thing. It's like uh, there's chains and a collar. Well, that's... okay. Well, the role the role playing they're basically role playing slave Leia. It's Jonathan goes looking for something. What does he go looking for? Uh, something in the house. Uh, Everyone's hanging out in the house looking for board games. Yeah, all of the people, all the Superman family are hanging out in the house. Lo- Lois and Steel are there and. Jonathan opens up a closet and and he sees the, he sees the Superman slave outfit from War World, yeah, and says, uh, "Uh, what?" And Lois like runs over and blocks the door and says, "You know, remember we talked about boundaries, ha ha ha." Like, so it's heavily implied that they get into a little bit of uh, role play involving. I gotta say, know. if there's anybody in the world who's going to get turned on by being a sub, it's got to be Superman. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he, yeah, he's. That's what you mean. Yeah, he's he's got all the power all the time. Um, and also, I actually thought dom, the first, I can see Lois being a dom. Oh, no sure. problem. 
I don't think that's yeah. Uh, I thought actually the first panel where he sees it in there with the chains mm-hmm. that I thought it made some impact on him before they did the joke because mm-hmm. the whole thing was everybody like loved their chains because their chains right symbolized everything that well, they Superman were. And really I thought, loves oh, his he's, chains. He's, he's damaged. Yeah, but it's not that. It's a different thing. He really, really loves. You know, his it chains. was it was a it was a the first story is a, a well done story that has just too a many lot. people in just it. Just a lot. Yep. Story yeah. two featured a very surprising and welcome art from Lee Weeks. Yeah. Written by Dan Jurgens, and it's a flashback to uh this this is the team that did the book that brought oh God, it's so convoluted. Back when there was the New 52 Superman, they brought back their other Superman from the other timeline and they merged them into one character. And there was a book back then that they this team did about the other Superman before they were merged. So there were, at one point, two Supermen running around, one in secret in a black suit. And this is right. the timeline of this book. Okay, yeah. I was story. trying to remember the, what the black suit was. It's best not to. Mm-hmm. But we have here is basically, you know, young Jonathan Kent on the farm with his parents who are living in hiding because they haven't yet merged. Or maybe they have merged. I don't know. Who knows? The The actual story part of it, though, was that there's a shard. There's a piece of Doomsday. Yeah. And it goes missing. And we find out that John Kent has it because he found it on the ground. And he thinks that he can, you know, he's like, I'm the only one who can keep this safe. Because like, the, shard right, will, nice. the shard will basically, like a like a parasite, you know, yeah. take over your body and turn try to turn you into a Doomsday. So it's dangerous. It was interesting. Uh, it was a good story. I thought it was, yeah. you know, competent, well done. It's a little, feels a little bit like they're trying to capitalize on the TV show because Clark's got a stubble beard here, like like the actor on the show does. But it's fine. Uh, and then you had the final story here by uh, Leah Williams with art by Marguerite Savage, which um, I just there was a lot of word balloons and people talking about metaphysical shit, and I yeah. was like, who okayed this? Yeah, it's my least like favorite. it was page after page of way too much dialogue. That wasn't particularly interesting. So I would have I would have liked the the interaction between the characters. Although I literally have no idea who's the redhead. I don't know either. But that's a problem. So what you got in that la- you you haven't been reading the Lazarus specials, right? No. So what they're doing is they're taking characters who basically, you know, don't have a strong presence and giving them upgrades. And one of the things they did for Power Girl, she got hit by the Lazarus gunk, and now she has psychic powers. Did she need an upgrade? I would have I feel said like no. We've but had to igno- I, I feel like we've had to ignore the fact that she's as powerful as Superman, but is a tertiary character. Yeah, I, I, I would have said no my, myself. But so she's now basically turned into a psychiatrist for this. I was going to say for the stars or for the superheroes, um, alongside mm-hmm. this woman whose name I don't remember. I mean, like if if this was really about like them having a conversation about getting to know each other, doing whatever. And it was in any way, I, but I stopped, I, st- I did not finish the story. I was like, I, I don't, I don't know what this is. And yeah. it's I annoying to read. Name. There's a lot of dialogue. Omen. It, like it, Omen. She, She's the, that's the redhead. Well, she puts on what looks like a Green Lantern outfit. I'm just going to say someone at DC, and I suspect I know who really loves collared jackets. <laughs> and everyone's got them now. Yeah, the, the flip. I don't I don't like Supergirl's new costume with the military jacket. I think it's wrong for her character. Yeah. Uh it's okay on Jonathan just to sure. give him something else, but they've got her in uh military jacket, no cape. It just feels wrong for her. 
Yeah, I can. I, I they're can all wearing coordinated outfits, basically. Her and and what's the Chinese Superman's name? Keenan Kong. Keenan Kong and Jonathan and, Super, and Supergirl all have very similar costumes, and they just look like a military unit, which is like the last thing Superman's family should be. I'm not sure if this is okay for me to say, but I Uh-oh. don't think that he read his Chinese. Like when I looked at him, he didn't. He they all kind of looked the same, mm-hmm. and it was they called him Keenan. I was like, oh, that's Superman of China. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know if that's my my impression. Like he kind of looks, yeah, kind of, but he kind of looks like like an African American almost. Like his hair, it just and because we don't spend time with him, and he was out of costume, I wasn't sure who I was looking at. Mm. Uh, and then there was this weird. I guess Kellex is translating, which is nice. Yeah, but, it, it was um, just a lot. It felt very chaotic. It's a lot. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't dislike it. Uh, like I said last week, I'm a little nervous about all these Dawn of DC things, the changes they're making characters, but, you know, I, as a I roadmap trust, for action, I, I thought it was okay. I trust the writer. Oh, for sure. do as good a job as possible with, the, you know, whatever the editorial edicts are. There's going to be one, two, three, four Superman books, which is not, a, that's not unusual in the history no, of Superman. Well, since they have a hard time having a good Superman book, that's kind of I mean, that's, that's the whole '90s, the whole period I grew up. You know, they were there were sure. four books, one every one a week: Action Superman, Adventures of Superman, John Kent, and Superboy: The Man of Tomorrow. Too many, just too many Superboys. Make make a choice. Yeah, what are they going to do? I'm so powerful, I don't know what to do about it. That's the Human that's Target funny. Eleven, Book Eleven. The the so there was a bit of confusion this week, Josh. The this book was originally solicited as twelve issues. We've all been, you know, reading it in that way. And then this past week on Instagram, Tom King said, you know, book 11, the final issue is out this week. And everyone freaked out. And I wouldn't have been surprised if they had cut it short an issue. Sometimes that happens. But sure. So I was reading this issue as if it was the final issue in my head, you know, and you read things differently. And so I get to the end and it said, you know, to be, con- to be concluded. And I was like, or to be continued. And I was like, what? Cause anyway, I think, that people might be let down by this. This is the this is the issue eleven. So this is the revelation of the who who poisoned Christopher Chance. Mm-hmm. But we've said from the beginning that we th- we thought it was ice. So kind of had to be. I wasn't surprised. This is like every Philip Marlowe story involves the you know girl that comes into the office, and nine times out of ten, she's the bad guy. So, so that I think to me, the real drama of this is still that, all right, he knows and she knows that he knows. Right. But there's still, they still seem to be very much in love. Also, he's supposed to be dying shortly. Right. He dies, dies tomorrow, basically. So there's a, it's got to be one more twist coming or two. Something's going to happen. Well, I mean, she poisoned him, but not out of malice or not because she's secretly a supervillain. So that makes it complicated. Well, she was trying to murder Lex Luthor, though. Right, but who hasn't wanted to murder Lex Luthor? I, you know, somebody had to do it. She did it out of revenge because Lex Luthor instigated her death. There's sort of the meta commentary on superheroes is that she got killed mm-hmm. by Lex Luthor. So then she came back to life and tried to kill him. And, you know, and it that just does makes, seem very fair. Like, it's if right? he actually kills you, you should be able to kill him. And so it's not like, you know, he uncovered Kang and it's like, no, this is someone he's in love with. And she, she tried to kill the guy that killed her and accidentally killed this guy. And so it's complex. 
but she's she has a, a temper. Viking ice princess. Right. She's got a temper and she's uh, really, really, really powerful. I like the conversation about could she freeze the entire ocean? That was a, that was a good scene. <laughs> I feel like that came from a different conversation. Tom was like, I'm going to put that in there. Could you? Because there was the no resolution. Ocean? I don't think she answered it. No, she, she wouldn't answer it. Yeah, just move along. I don't know. What I, did I, you think of this issue? It was kind of, it was, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It was, you know, like we had to go through the thing. Yeah, Search, I mean, that's what I mean from the very together. beginning. Like, I this was my prediction. So it wasn't like, oh, wow. Well, you know, I wasn't subverted. But it wasn't like, knew look at that already. twist. I just we figured knew, it was her. So I didn't. We knew as early as last issue that she was responsible. Right. We knew at the end of last issue. But even then, and early in the series, we you go back and listen. Yeah. We talked about. No, I know. I know. She's I know, probably I the, the bad guy. But. Or the quote unquote bad guy. So I wasn't like blowing my socks off because I was expecting it. And I thought it was, it was more sweet and sorrowful than anything. And um, I'm really, I'm really, as you said, there's one more issue to go. So something is left to happen. And I'm really curious to see what that is. Well, I don't think well, this, this, this doesn't take away from anything. I think what's interesting the series so far. is I keep, I keep wondering if we're going to come or chance is going to come to some kind of revelation about himself because they are, Hinting around the edges of it, he's talking about it all. That well, I, you know, I I get killed for money. You know, mm-hmm. I, I make myself a target. I had problems with my dad, and that that hasn't really progressed mm-hmm. or been added to. But I feel like he's been hinting at it the whole time. I feel like we need to have some sort of, I not like the final answer, but some sort of culmination of of his inner turmoil although i don't know like do you, you understand what i'm saying yeah. like i feel like we're working towards some kind of character arc but really he's been steady level the entire way he hasn't really changed at all i mean the book does end on with, with him you know with a gun pointed at her head mm-hmm. and then we cut away from that to the beach so something's gonna have to have to be resolved here yeah but it well, was i mean i liked it it just was like yeah. when it when it tells you what you think is it was going to tell you it's less you know exciting yeah i don't fault the story at all I, mean, I still love this book i'm still you know so excited it was a little strange that the books came out like it wasn't was it two weeks in a row or every other week this this one i feel like it was very recently it was very recent. It was less than a month, so I was a little concerned that they were burning it off, but I guess not. Who knows why things happen. Maybe the last one's bigger or something like that. Maybe. Hope so. This episode is brought to you by Cedar Draw Cider. Emily is the cider maker. She was, listen to this, Connor. Mm-hmm. She was an oncology nurse for 20 years before creating fine cider from our orchard, their orchard. John is the husband and uh, sales I guy. I thought maybe you would have bought an orchard and didn't tell I, me. I would. I live in a, I live in an orchard area. Okay. It's not. John is the husband and sales guy, and he used to be a drug and alcohol counselor before starting to sell the alcohol. That's true. Uh, they're not angry orchard, nor are they ace cider. They are true European style dry cider made with fruit from old growth orchards in the Pacific Northwest. That all sounds good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can check out their tasting room in Buell, Idaho, uh, where their hi- cider feels just like home. You can also go to c- cedardrawcider.com for more info. 
uh, and you can you can place orders there. You can you can get the ciders. There's, there's several varieties. You can read about them. Uh, be sure and visit them uh, if you happen to be near or around Buell, Idaho. Enjoy the cider, uh, and we thank them for their support of iFanboy. Connor, how do you feel about cider? You I was going to ask fan? you because I feel like you ha- you you. I mean, you don't tr- drink a ton, but I think you've no. had ciders. Yeah, I am a You're I'm a cider a, I'm, guy. Oh, I'm totally. I'm an. It's my favorite of the alcohols. Right. Um, I like a. I like it dry. I like it a little tart. Well, that's what I was gonna ask. I don't think I've ever had a dry European style cider, and I'm very curious. Yeah. Uh, you know, as long I don't. I don't really know. I tend to think of. I was like European style must be warm. Uh, <laughs> it's sort of unjo- not joyful. So, because my thing with ciders is often it's often too sweet, but if it's more dry oh. than sweet, then then that's something I'm I'm down for. Well, I know that out here, like I think that like the both north, uh, northern parts, east and west, is I think it tend to be where the best comes from. He said that you know his apples are from uh, the Pacific Northwest, and I know out here we have uh, sort of this. There's a big craft cider thing around here, right? Um, and you can get all sorts of different kinds. And and for a while, I was really going through them and you know, it's like trying all the different ones. But uh, I like what he's selling. I went through the website here and I looked, and and I, I'm very very likely going to order some of these guys. We to, should, uh, they should make European style dry cider donuts. I don't know if that's a thing. I just want a donut. Yeah, that's fine. I want some of the cider. I don't like it. It's kind of the only alcohol I, I really like. Josh, who negotiated I, this deal? Where's my case of cider? I, I don't disagree with you. We have to talk with the ad sales department. It's a problem. I hope they have a t-shirt that says, Buell love it. <laughs> it's Bjorfest, your favorite. <laughs> Buellfest. 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 That should be it. I bet that is a thing. Buellfest 2023. Buell love it. And it's their <laughs> logo. That's it's a free t-shirt idea for you. John and Emily, uh, changing things up, living the dream, doing the stuff. I hope it goes really well. And I want I want to try that cider. I applaud them. I think one thing we all went through the last couple of years is, is re- re-examining. I'm not saying that's why they did it, but mm-hmm. we all we've all got sort of re-examined where we are in our lives and what we're doing with it, what's making us happy. And if this is this is feeling that happiness, that's so awesome that they did that. And I'm looking forward to trying some. Cedar Draw Cider at cedardrawcider.com. How do you feel about Justice Society of America, number two? Well, first of all, I feel like this first issue came out four months ago. Really? Well, I don't know. I feel, you know, with our accelerated publishing schedules, monthly books feel like they they come out a long time ago. And I don't even know if this came out a month ago, because a month ago we were on break. So I think maybe this came out more than a month ago. Maybe, but only a little. Um, I loved this fucking wacky nonsense. Like it, Je- Jeff Johns, Michael Jannon, Jerry Ordway, Scott Collins, invest. You know, utilizing the entire width and breadth of the DC continuity with a classic, properly costumed Justice Society. Mm-hmm. Bring it, bring it on. I'll take it every bit of it. It's it, it's a nice um, companion piece to the Star Girl book that we didn't talk about last week, but I really have been enjoying it. Jeff Johns is also writing. Um, you know, th- this is deep dive stuff. This is Bronze Age Earth 2 stuff. This is that's where Helena comes from. That's you know, it's 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 deep and I loved it. It's wacky. So so on paper, I really shouldn't wouldn't like this very much. Yeah. And and when I, I thought about it, when I got to the second issue, I thought about it and I was like, do I want to read this? And I was like, I think I really enjoyed the first one. But uh yeah, it works for me for reasons I can't fully explain. I mean, maybe it's the the Jeff Johns effect and the well, really just it, great you know, art. 
no one else could do this, quite frankly. Right. He he's taking Batman Year One, uh, nineteen forties Justice Society, Bronze Age Earth Two, some new characters he's introduced, a new a daughter for Jay Garrick, which was introduced in the Star Girl book last week, Judy Garrick. Um, he's put it all in in the pot, and it's working. Yeah, but also also there's structure here. Yeah, that he gained from that Watchmen book he did. I mean, mm. and others too, but you, I can see a direct line because there's all these uh, convergent uh, timelines that are all sort of going around. I'm I'm really interested in the Helena Wayne story. Like I I I'm genuinely invested in that story, and I, I wouldn't have expected that. Yeah, I don't know if it's the coloring or what, but the Michael Janine. I really want to know how to say his name properly. Um, it almost looks like Kevin Maguire. Like it, it's, it, I sometimes find this stuff to be kind of a little stiff, not bad, but a little mm-hmm. stiff. But, and I noticed this in the last issue too, is that the way they're coloring it, I think it, it, it it's smoothing it out a bit. Like those first two pages where she's, she wakes, wakes up in the JSA infirmary. Uh, don't look like him at all. If you told, you know, if you said who no. drew this, I wouldn't know who that was. Do you notice that if you, in the coloring to the using like a dot pitch? Yeah, that's awesome. It is awesome. I've I've been seen as I've and it's through all the sections. It's not just not just the parts, you know, done if, by Ordway or whatever. If this had been my week, this might have been the pick of the week. I can see that. It's I can just see that. just on the rails enough and it's great. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. Speaking of jo- Jeff Johns, Junkyard yeah. Joe number four. This uh, I wish this book kept going. The, the letter in the back says, I think there's one more or two more issues and that they're moving on to other things. But I really like this. I thought the last issue was terrific. I thought this issue was good. I was going to say, I read the last issue before I got to this one because it, it had been while I wasn't I wasn't catching up. Yeah. That last issue would have been my pick of the week if oh, I yeah, had had it. It came out over week. the break and I remember reading it going, oh shit, Like that was really, yeah. really good. And It was really good. And then I turned the page and the rest of it is like stuff about veterans and i was like i was touched i was like oh man you know i haven't talked to jeff johns in a long time but he's a really sincere person and he cares about those kind of things and to see him put that into his work and then and then do the other stuff i was just you know it was like readers can send in a photo and story of their veteran relatives and i was like god that's amazing they got permission to use peanuts and calvin hobbs in this in this uh yeah I was like, how the, I goes, that's real. And then I looked at the bottom and it says done with permission. I was like, this is an image book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's producing. I mean, it's a, it's a crazy story of this, uh, retired cartoonist who did the popular junkyard Joe series. And now the real junkyard Joe, who was a robot who fought in Vietnam. I mean, it's all it, saying it out loud. Is silly, but and it's, the what, tone the tone is so sort of sad and slow. If and I could, what whatever I thought it was going to be, it isn't, and whatever I thought was going to happen at the end of the last issue isn't what happened. This guy is a sad loner, and then he finds the kid spying on him, and then finds the other kid spying on him, and he adopts him as like his little gang. And I was like, well, I didn't see that coming, you know. And then you've got this other weird like the the the. Uh, robot guy in the robot, yeah, whatever that is. The threat. You Actually, know, not got, robots are wearing masks for people. Yeah, they're like they remind, one guy reminds me of uh, that clockwork Nazi guy from Hellboy, who mm. scares the shit out of me still. But we don't, and we don't know anything about about Junkyard Joe. It's all strange, and it, it's so compelling. I, I really like this book. You know, you know the establishing shots in Fargo, where it's just like mm-hmm. the snowy yes. plains. 
that's how I feel reading this book that mm-hmm. looking at those scenes. Cause it, it just takes place in a snowy part of the world. I don't remember what part of the country. It's quiet it is. and cold. They're in Indiana. And it just feels that's, that is the tone of this book where mm-hmm. it's like, it's quiet and cold and yep. it's really interesting. And Gary Frank, you know, is very, very, very good. Like the, the acting mm-hmm. on the faces here is just incredible. And the kids look like kids. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, the kids here are like, they're like the kids from an 80s movie. <laughs> There's like, they've just from, come from a different town. Yeah, it's uh, true. But then some of the like, like I felt terrible for these kids. The same way that I felt terrible for the kid in the Fablemans. You know, like he mm-hmm. goes to a school and people are just horrible to them because they're half Asian or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, oh God, this is the worst, you know. Yeah. And then the kid's like, we have our own robot. And I was like, this, everything is in this book. There's <laughs> uh, the veterans affairs guy who goes to help him and plow his driveway. And that's why I uh, wish this book would keep going. But they said in the back that, you know, they, they have this whole world they're building and they're moving on to that stuff. So I know, but how exciting, you know, like this is so different than what was the, what was the book that not radioactive man, but the one that, that preceded this. <laughs> Basically, uh, the go, the ghost. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't remember, but but either way, you know, it's apparently Geiger, the same Geiger, Geiger, Geiger. That's yeah. right, good title. Um, not that I can't remember. <laughs> good title, but but it's a completely different book. It's a different flavor of Jeff Johns, and it's really working. And Gary Frank, yeah, yeah. Hey, this if this is whatever this is, Jeff Johns' third act or whatever it is, yeah. it's really interesting. I I'm still reading "Damn Them All" from Boom, Simon Spurrier, Charlie Adlard. I'm having a hard time with it. I find it slightly convoluted, but it, it does make me wish that Simon Spurrier was still just writing Constantine. Yeah. Like that's yeah. like that's my takeaway from this book is this is fine. I wish he was still doing that Constantine book because that's what he, he's doing here. It's just yes, Constantine's niece. But I just I like the, the demons are getting really convoluted and hard for me to follow. But so um, otherwise, you, I enjoy it. You're right. So what I did was I picked this up and I started reading it and I was like, what the fuck is this? And then I realized I hadn't read three. Mm. And because at first I was like, Ugh, why am I even reading this book? And what I thought it was, was um, the Charles Soule book about the demons and the coins. Oh, right. This one also has demons genies. and coins. Yeah. No, no. Uh, to, oh, to the hell, demons and coins book, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell to pay, right. which I tried to stick with and then stopped. Um, and then I realized I hadn't read it. I went back and I read three. I thought three was great. And then this was a lot better. For the thing that I'm enjoying about this is the the revisioning of what demons are, their history, and then the the economy of how this works. And I don't mean economy like spare. I mean like literally like money exchanging, like who has sure. to do who for what for who. They're, they're, the demons I are just, like currency. Yeah, and it's multidimensional. And I always I like that from the first issue. Like when a demon shows up, people don't know what to fucking do because it's all happening in the in not in their plane of space. Right. just it's a really imaginative take on something that has been beaten into the ground by comics um and i i respect that i i i, I again i was like charlie adlard huh it's just it's an interesting thing for him to come back to the coloring does a ton for this book and is sort of making those demons look like they're both in this world and out of it the characterization again of those demons mm-hmm. like they're the one demon is killing something and he's apologizing i was like this is so weird um so i just i appreciate it um it's just bizarre to me that in a world yes with so many comics that we couldn't keep a constantine book i know you know who knows they're putting out so many books 
there's so many people who would write that book for free. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like that 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 book was incredible that he was doing. Let, and I realized it was sort of out it was out of continuity and it wasn't yeah. the Constantine that shows up in the Justice League for whatever stupid reason. But uh all the books they're publishing, they could have kept that one going. They really had something special there. When he focuses you know, like I've had a lot of books mm-hmm. where it's just fucking batshit crazy, which is clearly something he loves to do, and I, I can't grab onto those. But like, this book has focus. That that Hellblazer book had focus. Um, he's got a he's got he's got a real mind on him for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. This week we had issue five, not four, of Exterminators, the final issue of this miniseries, and you know what? I enjoyed it. It it's a little gimmicky. The whole conceit of this miniseries, and this has been written by Leah Williams and drawn by Carlos Gomez, is it's it's, it's a bit more mature. It's a bit. I think they. I think they they called it grindhousey. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's a. It's called. It says mature readers on the, and it's a bit more mature. It there's a lot more sex talk, and there's some there's some a uh, lot more cursing, even if it's blocked out. It's sort of like your daddy's ex ex ex-women because it's it's all it's dazzler and it's jubilee and it's boom boom and x23 uh fighting his vampires i I actually thought it was super fun and i would read way more of this like i was make this an ongoing i'll read it it it's just it it sort of lets them cut loose a little bit more you know and same writer as that story at the end of uh as of action comics so props for going both ways with the book yeah it's it's very different way less words yeah um and legitimately funny and um, is this Leah Williams or is that a script mistake? I think it, no, I think it's. No, it is Leah Williams. All right. Yeah. Interesting. Totally. Like, that's why I'm confused because it's way, way different than the, than that Power Girl backup. So this Going was fun. For different things. Uh, it sort of allows yeah. them to be uh, a bit racier without being, it's not, it's not cheesecakey racy. It's more just like what's girl the, stuff. What's the basic, what's the pitch for this? Like, Exterminators is, is uh, Dazzler's boyfriend who is a vampire. Turns out he's a cheating asshole. And in plotting their revenge on Dazzler's cheating asshole boyfriend, ex, now ex-boyfriend, they discover the whole not, you know vampire coven of people who are stealing people for feeding purposes. And you know how they've been intertwining the vampires with the X-Men for, for a while. Sure. And, and it just leads to this sort of you know wacky adventure where they you know end up you know, in this, in this underground world and fighting thing, it's just been kind of over the top and silly and Dracula gets involved. And it's all about, it's basically the day. It's all about getting revenge and Dazzler's asshole boyfriend, partially mm-hmm. by, by throwing all his vinyl out the window. I enjoyed it. And it says that the exterminators will return. I'm, I'm happy to return with them if they keep the tone and, and the, uh, adventure, which I enjoyed. Hey, those were the books. It was a weird week. Yeah. But we enjoyed reading the bo- books, but at, Patron, the patrons over at patreon.com slash ifanboy, they vote to add a book to the rundown. I don't know why I put the iPad away. There's still another comic to talk about. Yeah, um, there they is. They vote to add a book to the rundown. This week, the vote was relatively close. A lot of books got consideration, but this year, this week, the winner was Archie versus the World. Number one, it's a one shot from Archie Comics, written by Aubrey Sitterson, with art by Jed Doherty, colors by Matt Herms and Doug Garbach, and letters by Jack Morelli. And this is the latest in a series of one shots that take the idea of Archie and put it into some sort of other thing. Do you remember on the show, we talked about that Jughead, the barbarian story that Aubrey wrote. 
Vaguely. Yeah. So this was originally, according to the essay in the back, supposed to be an extension of that. And they decided to change it to Mad Max. And so this mm-hmm. is basically Archie Mad Max. And it's a one shot. So it doesn't really, it's more of like this crazy sort of overview of the world. And you know what? I had fun reading it. I would say that's right. At the I end of the day, it is what it is. It's a weird Archie Mad Max one shot. It doesn't, it doesn't explain things. Archie's got superpowers. So does Reggie. Don't know why. Don't really care. It's just more of like, we're dropping you in this unfamiliar world, even though the characters are familiar and we're just going to do a quick thing with it and leave. Like I was, I, I was fine with it. I respected it. I don't quite know. I was like, I don't, I don't think this is so much for me, <laughs> but I I can respect it. Like, I don't actually have enough. I don't have enough Archie to really, I think, appreciate. I can recognize the names. I know the places, but it doesn't really. And that's really all there was. I mean, there wasn't like anything in here. They're like, yeah, oh, no, I, I know. But you. so, okay, well, then I'm sort of like, oh, but. Aubrey Sitterson is exactly the right person to write the tone of this kind of thing. And all of the dialogue was spot on with what it should have been in this, you know, overarching, uh, you know, too melodramatic and over the top. And, and the art worked in the exact same way. Jed Doherty, who I don't know, like this was perfect for what it was and what it was supposed to be. Um, like I, I enjoyed it. If it had been any longer, I probably would have kind of lost my my. Yeah, it interest. moves at a breakneck pace. I mean, there's there's yes. no stopping here because they only have so many pages to tell this story in this world and get in and out of it. It's being narrated by a grizzled old jughead in the in the future who's looking back on their adventures, and uh, you know Archie is the hero. He's got the he's he's super strong and has some powers, and he's the one who sort of roams a post, uh, I guess, climate change disastered world. And there's gangs. It's it's Mad Max, and Veronica's been kidnapped, and Betty is the mechanic who's also in love with Archie. Sabrina, the teenage witch, is there. She's sort of the seer oracle. Uh, Cheryl is a sort of a queen of whatever she is, the queen of the wastes. You know, it's just it's, it just all happens very quickly. It's like rescue Veronica. You know, montage. There's like a two page montage in the middle where they're having their adventures and then they find Veronica and save. Like it's just, it's a, it's a short story and, yeah. and it was fine. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It was fun. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't love it, but I didn't, I, I was, I was happy to have read it. I mean, I don't know why, you know, why they're, why they're doing this or what for, but you know, that's fine. I don't need to know. They're doing more. <laughs> do, do, do we have people buy these books? Yeah, whatever. Just make them. Yeah, they do fine. That's, Next time is uh, Betty, the final girl. I don't know. They're just doing these one shots. That's fine. Just do them. Yeah. That's fine with me. Uh, ratings on Archie versus the world. Number one. Um, Out of five. 3.25. Yeah. I went three and a half. That's, that's yeah. basically what I'm thinking. It's like, it was fine. I enjoyed it. It was like, okay, that was cool. Huh. Don't need any more. So, yeah. not sticking with it because it's a one shot, and I probably won't, probably won't read any more of the uh, single issues. But you never know. Yeah, it's fine. Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy. That's where you can go. Every patron can add a book to the rundown, and the patrons are the ones who directly support the show. They unlock shows for everyone. They unlock the media explode and the talk explode and the book explode shows, and they formed a really great community over the years. We've we've had pa- we've had patrons for six or three years, I think, at this point, and really. Yeah, they uh, 
they've got a tight little community. There's a Discord uh, community. There's a Facebook community. They hang out. They chat all week. They plot things on the patron discussion, patron <laughs> discussions. We we see all the plotting, and uh, they're they're a good group. They're really they're a really good group. You know, we've we've been lucky over the years to have had a really strong community and a really respectful community for the most part, and really interesting and smart people. And uh, I really like that about what we've done. That's one of the things I'm most proud of. And it still continues to stay through the patrons. So if you want to be part of a great community, you can be a patron for as little as $1 um, a month. And that's great. And you can help support the show. We keep, we keep the bills paid and the lights on. And uh, be part of a great group. You get a monthly hangout, which we just did last week, which was incredibly fun, I thought. One of the most fun ones I've done in a while. Yep. And we try to make it fun for everyone. We just revamped the patron goals. So if you become a patron or you're curious, you can go to patreon.com slash ifanboy. You can scroll down until you find the announcement about new new stretch goals. Uh, they're, they're getting rid of stretch goals at Patreon, but we might keep them anyway. We'll see. And then as we talked about last week, we're still revamping another portion of being a patron, which is just taking longer than expected because life is getting in the way in some, in some ways. But we will have a re- totally revamped patron system pretty soon, and I'm looking forward to that. So consider being a patron at patreon.com slash ifanboy. Also, ifanboy.threadless.com is our t-shirt store where you can buy one of our 12 designs on any kind of t-shirt you want or a long sleeve t-shirt or a sweatshirt or anything. I think they have tank tops as well. Oh, they do have have tank tops. They do. So check that out. We have great designs. We are always thinking about new ones and hopefully we'll bring in new ones soon. ifanboy.com slash support is our digital tip jar. Via PayPal, ifanboy.com slash Amazon is where you can find the Booksplood books. And bookshop.org is our partner to help uh, support local bookstores. When you when you buy through them, lo- uh, local bookstores get a little bit of money. It tells you how much when you purchase, and you can dedicate it to one store or just to the pot of money that goes to several stores. It's a great organization. And I just bought a book from them yesterday. Or using them. Not from them, but using them. So there you go. Those are all the ways you can help support the show. Patreon, Threadless, PayPal. Amazon and Bookshop. So thank you for doing any of those things. It helps keep the lights on. We were just talking before the show about something we needed to buy for this for the show, and that's how it gets paid for. So thank you. Now uh I put my name on this. It's me, power, isn't it? But it's your power, yes. Yes. Okay, so here Josh just kicked me in the ball. So uh if you give it the five dollar higher level. As a patron, you get a superpower live on the show. I saw the script and saw your initial, so I didn't even think about I, this. I specifically <laughs> went back when I was doing I did the script very quickly. We were recording earlier than normally, and so yeah. I was trying to get it done. But I specifically went back and listened to the part of the old show to make sure I was the one who did Isaiah. Mm-hmm. I did, and I, I checked off the spreadsheet. I made sure I did that correctly, and then I blew it at the last second. That's okay. Um, the thing is, I'm always trying to think about them, but I never write, I never write them down. And sometimes they stick in my brain and sometimes they don't. This patron power is for Helen Spearing. Helen, thanks for being a patron. And, uh, you know, I had this thought the other day. Helen can, and maybe this has already been given, if so, I apologize. You guys can team up if that's the case. Uh, Helen can revitalize any piece of film. So if you're you know, watching a movie from the 20s and the film is all nitrous, uh, nitrogen film and it's all run down and it's been, it hasn't been kept up. She can touch that film and it will be as if it was shot yesterday with the highest grade film technology. And not just for movie films. She could do it for pictures or anything. She can 
clean up and high definitionize all films, all forms of film. It only works for so film, that's, though. That's pretty useful. Yeah. So you can do that and then like like make a, a copy right away with the perfect Yes, exactly. The perfect print. Do you remember, I remember the old days where you'd be excited because you were gonna go see something on a new print. Mm-hmm. Now it's a it's a remaster or whatever, but I you know, I remember going to see I think at uh, Cornell, like Raiders of the Lost Ark, and a new print. Well, the theater that we go to here in, in LA, the New Beverly, only shows on film, so they're you know it's all, that's what they advertise if it's you yeah. know, what how the print is. Yeah. So there you go. Helen could get a good, nice, nice little side job as fixing up old film stock or people's photographs. I like that. That's that's useful and uh, not just useful, but you know historically relevant and important. Now, Josh, you have the time, so I don't know where we are in time here. Uh, we can we can do we can do the one. You we'll decide see where we you are. Pick. All right. So uh, Kane T writes in and says, "What is an example of a type of story that only works and or works better in the comic book format over other types of media?" And I think I have a couple of answers for this, but I am curious. I was curious if you would have an answer for this and what it would be. I don't think there's anything that only works in comics. No. But I think there's things that are better. Like, I would have said many years ago, superhero stories work better in comics. But, you know, there's some really great animated superhero stories and movies, obviously. I still think superhero stories probably work best in comics. Um, Uh, Well, story then becomes a kind of interesting term because movie is a kind of story and then a you know 20 issue arc is a kind of story right. i think time time dilation works really well in comics mm-hmm. you know where you can really pause on a moment in a way that you can't really do in a moving uh, image a, a movie needs to have perhaps more forward motion than a comic book does and i think that for a slam bam fast action kind of story, a three let's say three three issue arc or something like that, a movie can do that really well. Mm-hmm. The longer form of it, you want to take like to me, I think of like a a, a Vertigo sixty issue series or something like that. I think that does that better than anything else can. You can do it right, with TV, TV shows, series, but yeah. it's it's not this. It doesn't. I don't know. Doesn't it doesn't resonate with me the same? There's only a few TV shows that like would would suck me in the way that like reading all of preacher does like preacher to me was my example of a thing that i mean they tried to make it on tv but because of all sorts of reasons it it if nothing else it wasn't the same thing so there's and then there's also the um the physical concerns you've got so the mcu you know they're out of guys because they all got old right you don't have to do that in comics you can just you know they can stay so you know that preacher story goes over there's no limit on time in an illustration you can age the characters as much as you want there's not going to be there's not going to be you don't have to uh hold your disbelief back because the images are you're not you're not not believing the images you don't have to be fooled by anything they don't have you know what i mean they can just focus on telling that story they don't have to do well we have to make this look good we have to make this believable you're already in in a state of not quite needing to. There's your disbelief's already in the right place for a comic book. 
Yeah. It, I, so I'm curious. You've been rewatching, or maybe you, I don't know if you're still doing it. You're, you've been watching the Justice League cartoon with your kids, right? Yeah. 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 How do you feel about that as a medium for those kind of stories? I mean, they're, they're light mm-hmm. uh, in a way. They're really, I mean, not light for like the, the medium. Sure. You know, in, in terms of animated series, but in, you know, compared to the comics, they're, they're light. They are, but also they're facsimiles. There's right. not like, the, they're not necessarily the original stories. They, you know, you can, again, you can see the constraints of budget and time. And, you know, you're never going to see an amazing backdrop or sequence like you would in the comic book. Right. You know, like it always, has to look uniform because of the way that they're produced. It it isn't really going to surprise you visually, you know, mm-hmm. in the way that like think about think about uh, a Liam Sharp two page spread. You can't you can't do that anywhere but in comics. You kind of can, but you can't linger on it. The movie and a TV show you can't linger on it. You can't go you can't go back to it and look. You, I mean, you can, but you know, under normal circumstances, it's not designed that way. Yeah, I mean, there are things that are great about seeing the characters in motion. I remember thinking this the first time I had yeah. the thought was watching Spectacular Spider Man, the Spider Man cartoon from many years ago. Yeah, where it, it, it were, you were further enough along in animation at that point where it was really seamless and fluid and exciting and. I remember thinking this this might be the best medium for superheroes because I could really you could really they could really play with the movement of Spider Man in a way you can't you just can't on a static image. But they all have their pluses and minuses. You get that you get that stuff, but you don't get the depth that you get from a comic story. Even as they get shorter, even as we lose pages, even as we lose issues per arc, it's still there's a depth of storytelling you can't really get. Maybe outside I mean, of no- novels would probably be the well, closest. Well, I mean, you that's that. to me that's the closest thing to the kind of comics that I'm talking about is novels. But you get world class illustration at the same time in comic right. book storytelling. It's the, I mean, and they're both different. They both have different strengths. I don't want to see my favorite novels made into a comic book because right. it's going to lose something. It's going to lose that depth. That's why I go to do those things. Which is um, why we don't, you know, often are not interested in like uh, licensed comics. The expanse comics. It's just a, it just lose something. Loses yeah. something. Um, yeah, but I, I think, I think there's definitely, I mean, and you know, we're in love with the medium, you know, in yeah. a way that a lot of readers aren't. And, and, you know, I don't, I wouldn't want to lose that part for certain stories, but to me, I mean, could you do saga in another medium? Really? No. Well, maybe. I mean, maybe, the thing is maybe, the thing is maybe, I don't know. But it wouldn't have. It would be different. Yes. It would lose some of the things that make the comic book brilliant because just it would have to i mean uh you know but then sometimes it'll surprise you that i really want to watch again at some point but that watchman tv show that was crazy i kept i kept watching that show like wow you really evoked the comic that was my whole thing the whole time i was like why would you appreciate any of this if you weren't intimately familiar with that comic book but they they did it and people liked it so yeah i don't know you know, but but that's that's an exception, not not the rule. Yeah, I mean, I think this sprawling universe of superhero stories, the never-ending battle, works best in in comics. But you yes. can tell great superhero stories in movies. You can tell great superhero stories in animation and novels. I've I've read great superhero novels. I've seen great superhero movies. I've seen great superhero cartoons and TV shows. So you can do them anywhere. But 
they work best in the original form because what they do yeah. requires the original form, the way they tell stories. I'm trying I'm trying to think of an example that was a really good comic book where the live action or animation adaptation was better. And the only thing I've come up with the is the voice. Oh. Yeah. 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 That is true. Vigo. I also think uh, Road to Perdition was a better movie than it was a book. Yeah, that's probably right. But the boys, but the boys, again, I think, also true. Yeah, uh, for whatever but they're reason, sure. those, yeah. they're the exceptions. You know, the the I guess the Invincible cartoon is a pretty good example of sort of. It was very good. It was, and it, I I don't I don't I'm not quite going to say it was equal to, but it really did a lot of things that were great in the comic book. It's just I mean, as well. I think in, I, think, in I really do think form. you can tell great superhero stories in any medium. It's just. The best is comics, but you can still do it, and it still works well, in I think any the, format. But the demands, the demands of the medium of television animation are going to make them have to necessarily adjust it for all sorts of reasons. How long it has to be, who they're trying well, to please. They're not trying to please always, comic books. There's always compromises that get, have to be made in other mediums. Yeah, and so for the most part, you know, which is why there was a long time, and I think we're not fully past it, but there was a long time where comics were clearly being made as movie pitches left and right. And oh, they're still largely the forgettable. That exist only for that. Yeah, I know, but I feel like I, they don't come across me. I don't read them because they were largely on, you could see it. You could see it from a mile away and it felt, uh, you know, ingenuine. And, and I, I don't blame anybody, not, not a single person for doing it. Cause they, you know, had to make a living or do whatever. But people who are making comic books because they they want to tell a comic book story are are going to always impress me more. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, I think that's really the answer. Is that everything everything else? For me, I try not to rank the medium because you can tell a great slice of life personal story in a comic, but mm-hmm. I probably usually prefer it on screen because the emotion of the actors overwhelms the the art for me personally. Uh-huh. But that you know, you unless. Know, I mean, the artist, you know, you know, okay. Box office poison, very g- going way back. It's a slice of life, you know, sort of drama, whatever. I, I think I, that would suck as a TV show. You know, the cartooning is such a big part of what that is, and it, I, you know, and the sort of way it's made, and it's a little ramshackle, and it's a little, you know, uh, going here and there. It it doesn't it, like a lot of times comics don't have to be structured to the extent that a major production has oh, to sure. because they can't yeah. afford to be loose with it in the same way. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. hard. I mean, it's almost hard to answer the question. Yeah, in but it's way. interesting to talk about. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Contact at ifanboy.com is where you can write in like Kane did to get your email on the show. Thanks for writing in. Uh, this past week we had our media explode show come out where Josh and I and Ron, our other hosts talked about, Many of the things we watched while we were on break from doing the media split because we hadn't done one since November. So we talked about lots we of TV about shows. Connor's we talked about rage issues. My 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 media rage issues, which have not gone away. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it was fun. I actually really really enjoyed doing that one, and really really enjoyed uh, editing it. It was a fun conversation. And then I mean, what it was was three guys who hadn't been all together talking to each other outside of the hangouts, having hadn't talked in a while, and it was that kind of conversation. Uh, and then we, the week before that, we had the black splat, the black splat, 
Black Sad, All Fall Black Down Splat. Part One. Booksplode. Too many B's in this title. Booksplode. Black Sad, All Fall Down Part One. Josh and I reviewed that book, and uh, that was fun too. So check that out in the feed. You can find our shows uh, back there. Josh, what are the shows? Mm-hmm. That book is best as a comic book. Like, I know it exists in other mediums or whatever, but that those drawings can't beat yeah. that. If you made a movie, they would lose something. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the, think about the If it was a great hand-animated thing, it, may, it, may, it might be beautiful. Maybe, but it would, I don't know. It's like, like it, to me, it's, it's like you wouldn't want to animate a painting. I mean, you could because it'd be like cool to see it do that or something, but like a great painting is is what it is. It's a still or a photo, you know. At some point, they're going to Harry Potterize all photos, and they're all going to start moving or whatever. It's going to suck. I don't want to see either side of the V for Victory sailor kiss, which I know has a whole story to it that isn't. But you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. that's a frozen moment. Sure. Anyway, uh, you can find our library of over twelve hundred shows. And how how pretentious did did I have I been over the past ten minutes? pretty up there uh it's a great medium and i i I love it and i am fierce about its strengths uh 1200 shows and counting over at ifanbar.com and wherever you can find your podcast many many ways many places you don't need you don't need me for that google how do i download a podcast you'll find a lot of stuff I like the Overcast app myself. Uh, but it also, that's just momentum at this point. Follow us at iFanboy Comics on Instagram to find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out. Sometimes you'll see the best of the week in panels. Uh, Connor's been on a tear lately. He does it, not me. So just make that clear. You're you can welcome us to individually. I know, but you have a whole writing format. I just want to send you a picture. No, just and send me the panel day. and tell me what you want the caption to be, and I'll put it up. That's yeah, writing it. This is our, um, let's have a meeting. Let's have a content meeting right now. I also really just like, I will send you panels and just pictures of things. And I kind of like that. That's, that's just ours. Just our little <laughs> thing. You know, we got to sure. get, we can't, we make everything for everybody else. Uh, individually, we are CS Kilpatrick and Jay Flanning on an Instagram, uh, where we are. I was talking about Japanese barbecue sauce today. Subscribe to youtube.com slash ifanboy. That's where you'll find all of our old video shows. There are many, 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 many hours of old video shows we used to do. And you can find this show there as well. We post this Pick of the Week show every week to YouTube. So if you want to watch it there or listen to it there while you're doing other things, then check it out. YouTube.com slash iFanboy. And also, please consider leaving a review or a star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That really helps the show. We thank you for doing so. We appreciate that. And that's it. We are done with this week. <laughs> Time for food. Not really. It's earlier than usual. That's true. We're not done for the week. We're done with this week in comics, though. Yeah, that's true. Well, I'm going to edit this. No, so you're not done. I'm done. No, you're done. I'm Boy, done. this went real downhill for me. <laughs> Until next week, I'm Connor. <laughs> I'm Josh. So, yo, y'all niggas, man. God's is here, man. God's is here.